Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Dion Gordon Podcast. I am your host, the connoisseur of common sense, the purveyor of authenticity, the man who calls it right down the middle, Dion Tyree Gordon. Enough of the bullshit. Let's get to work. Let's go back in time. Let's go back to one week ago, last Sunday afternoon, week two of the NFL football season. The San Francisco 49ers, my beloved San Francisco 49ers, have a home game, the home opener of the 2022 NFL season against their hated rival, those low-grade son-of-a-bitch Seattle Seahawks. First quarter, second down and eight. And the quarterback that we've invested three first-round draft picks into, Trey Lance, the quarterback, the young quarterback that has so much potential, still does, but has so much potential and inspires so much hope and optimism in knowledgeable 49er fans. Let's make that distinction and knowledgeable 49er fans has so much in stake, at stake in Trey Lance. They believed in this kid, myself included. I believed, I still do, in Trey Lance. I was excited. I wanted to see this kid play football this season on a week-to-week basis. I wanted to see the growth and development of Trey Lance. I wanted to see him improve and take steps forward and get better on a weekly basis, and I was robbed of that last week in the first quarter on second and eight on a counter bash where Trey Lance was inexplicably sent up the middle through the B-gap in between the tackles and got his ankle crushed, folded, dismantled at a gruesome, grotesque angle and was carted off the field, done for the rest of the season with a broken ankle and having surgery the very next day. Get well soon, Trey. We here at the Deion Gordon Podcast are thinking about you Get well soon and wishing you a speedy and full recovery. But Trey Lance is done and riding in to take his place. A knight in shining armor. Coming in off the bench, the heroic Jimmy Garoppolo coming in on a white stallion, James Richard Garoppolo, to reclaim his former job as starting quarterback in the San Francisco 49ers. All is right among the 49er faithful. Order has been restored. Happy days are here again. Jimmy Garoppolo is once again the starting quarterback in the San Francisco 49ers. Future first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. Perennial All-Pro, the best quarterback in the league, always a contender and a favorite to be league MVP, Jimmy Garoppolo. The embodiment, the living embodiment of everything a professional NFL quarterback should be, rocket arm, great decision maker, pinpoint precision, Jimmy Garoppolo can throw a grapefruit through a keyhole of a door. He's that accurate. Great mobility, can manipulate the pocket like no quarterback I've ever seen before. Tremendous pocket awareness. He's got it all. All the intangibles, all the measurables. He's got everything you need a quarterback to have. He encapsulates all of that. Jimmy Garoppolo is the bee's knees, the best quarterback I've ever seen play the game of football. It is an honor and a joy and a privilege to have this guy back as quarterback in the San Francisco 49ers. Trey Lance wasn't ready. Trey Lance had arm fatigue. Trey Lance was not going to take this team where it wanted to go to his final destination of Super Bowl 57 in Glendale, Arizona in the first Sunday in February. Nope, he didn't have what it takes or what it took. He's not good enough. He can't even walk and chew gum at the same time. Trey Lance is abysmal, awful, woefully inept garbage. The Niners wasted draft picks on him. It was foolish to even trade up to take a young, unproven quarterback from North Dakota State 
I mean, seriously, come on. North Dakota State, you can't take a quarterback from, from the FCS level. I mean, I know Jimmy Garoppolo played at Eastern Illinois, which is also an FCS school, but that's different. You can't take a guy like Trey Lance and give him the keys to the organization. You can't make him the face of the 49ers. He's not ready yet. He's nowhere close to being ready. He won't be ready until the year 2040. By the time Trey Lance is ready, white people will officially be a minority in this country. Trey Lance won't be ready until the year 2042. It's going to take him that long, and we don't have that much time, people. We got to win a Super Bowl right now and the right man for the job. Unquestionably, undoubtedly, unequivocally is James Richard Garoppolo. He's the man. He's the guy. Our Lord and Savior, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy came in off the bench last week with an absolutely heroic, transcendent generational performance. 13 of 21, 154 yards passing, one touchdown pass to a wide open Ross Dwelle. And a rushing touchdown late in the game. On top of all of that, Jimmy Garoppolo was God's here against the Seattle Seahawks who are clearly a top-tier, upper-echelon team in the National Football League in the year 2022. Jimmy Garoppolo was that good. It was amazing. I've never seen anything like that. What he did last Sunday took my breath away. I was, I was speechless. I had no words. I could not fathom how good he was playing quarterback against the Seattle Seahawks, 13-21. I mean, in the second half, once the Seahawks went in the locker room during halftime and made adjustments, Garoppolo was only 8 of 16 for 54 yards and no touchdown passes, but that's neither here nor there. He came in off the bench with no playbook, no real offseason regimen other than rehabbing a shoulder surgery. He didn't participate in OTAs. He didn't really participate in training camp. He was off to the side on a different field away from the team, throwing to some schlub. And yet, here he was on that Levi Stadium field last Sunday, rising like a phoenix from the ashes. He was biblical. He was like Job from the Bible. This story of great redemption of a guy who had everything and then lost it all and then got it back. My man Grant Cohn said that on his podcast last week, and I agree with that. It was so amazing to see this great story and tale of redemption. It garnished his wages they took away $21 million from Jimmy Garoppolo. He went from $27 million this season to a measly, paltry, pathetic $6.5 million. How, how is he going to eat? He lives in the California Bay Area. I spent six years out there. It's fucking expensive. You can't get by with $6.5 million in the California Bay Area. That's not enough. That's nowhere near enough. It's amazing. It's a miracle that Jimmy Garoppolo is not currently living under an underpass somewhere in Berkeley. Y'all pray for Jimmy Garoppolo, okay? Pray for that man. How is he ever going to get by with only $6.5 million? He came in last week, and he won the game single-handedly. He galvanized that team in that locker room. Did you see how happy everyone was? Did you see the overall amount of joy and euphoria, how jovial everyone on that sideline wearing a 49er uniform was last week when Jimmy Garoppolo, our Lord and Savior, came back and reclaimed the throne. Did you see it? They were jumping for joy. They were like little kids. They, they had childlike enthusiasm last week when Garoppolo came back in. 
Fuck Trey Lance. Fuck him and his ankle. Who cares? Out with the out with the new, in with the old. We're gonna win a Super Bowl this season because we got Jimmy Garoppolo back under center. Kyle Juszczyk on 49er Post Game Live. He said this. He said, now we can get back to playing 49er football. George Kittle was cracking jokes in the locker room in the immediate aftermath of Trey Lance having his leg destroyed. George Kittle is cracking jokes. It's live at the improv. It's opening night at the comedy store. It's a monologue from Jimmy Fallon. What I'm saying is it wasn't fucking funny when he was asked. Why is Jimmy Garoppolo so good at picking up quarterback sneaks, converting quarterback sneaks? George Kittle's response was because Jimmy Garoppolo has a chiseled jawline and he can cut through the A-gap. He said this in the immediate aftermath of Trey Lance's season being ended. Your starting quarterback is done for the season, but who cares about him? He wasn't on that team in 2019. He wasn't there for Super Bowl 54. There's no emotional connection between the 49er faithful and Trey Lance. And on top of all that, he's black. Well, half black anyway. His dad's black. His mom is white. But still, that half black, that's enough. That is enough to piss off some members. I would say half of the fan base. We all know that those coloreds, those Negroes, those blacks don't possess the level of football acumen to play quarterback in the NFL. We all know this. They can't be trusted. They can't make decisions under pressure. But Jimmy Garoppolo, now there's a guy you can set your watch to. There's a guy who always makes the right decision. There's a guy who always knows what he's doing and what's going on. Situational awareness, time, situation, circumstance. He's got it all, man. You need a good guy like that with that chiseled jawline to play quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. We love Jimmy Garoppolo. In the 49, among the 49er faithful. That's our guy. And with him taking over for the injured Trey Lance, everyone celebrated. Start making plans for that Super Bowl victory parade in downtown San Francisco or Santa Clara in February. It's going to happen because we got Jimmy back. That's all I heard last week. Everything is right with the world. Maurice Jones-Drew, former running back of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who currently works for the L.A. Rams doing play-by-play, -play, doing commentary for them. Maurice Jones-Drew sat on NFL Network last Sunday on NFL Game Day Final and said, with the reinsertion of Jimmy Garoppolo as QB1 in the San Francisco 49ers, that makes them the most dangerous team in the National Football Conference, in the NFC. With Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, the Niners are the most dangerous team in the NFC. Maurice Jones-Drew said this. Dante Whitner, a former member of the San Francisco 49ers who currently works on 49er postgame live, former safety of the 49ers, he said that with Jimmy Garoppolo, the 49ers are going to go undefeated he said the Niners are going to go undefeated because they got Jimmy Garoppolo. Can you believe this? People said these things out loud in front of a camera, in front of a microphone. People actually said these things. You know, my goal in life, my biggest goal in life is to one day get paid to talk about sports for a living on television. That's my goal. That's the biggest thing I want to, that's the, the end goal of all of this. That's what I want to do with my life. I want to get paid to talk about sports for a living. And I promise you, all the loyal listeners of the Dion Gordon podcast, that when that day comes, I will not 
just go on live national television on a daily basis and just say stupid, dumbass, nonsensical, illogical, ridiculous bullshit every fucking day for no reason other than to get likes or clicks or trend on Twitter or somewhere on TikTok. Who knows? It's amazing people get paid to say these dumbass things. Just just say anything. Just make up anything you want in a world of make-believe. Come up with some crazy-ass hot take and just say it. The Jimmy Garoppolo hysteria was so out of pocket last week that even Vegas bought into it. The odds for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl increased last week. Everyone jumped on the Garoppolo bandwagon. Everyone bought tickets to this bullshit-ass show that Jimmy Garoppolo was putting on. Everyone bought in. Everyone bought in. They drank the Kool-Aid. He's the guy. He's going to put us over the top. This quarterback that 31 other teams in the NFL didn't want. As a matter of fact, all 32 teams in the NFL didn't want him. Even the 49ers didn't want him anymore. Every team in the NFL didn't want this guy. But now, magically, all of a sudden, he's the guy. He's the catalyst. He's going to be the biggest reason why the 49ers can do something they haven't done in 28 years, and that's bring home that elusive sixth Vince Lombardi trophy. He's going to be the reason we do this. So with all of that being said, with all of these ridiculous ass hot takes being said last week, with everyone jumping on the Jimmy Garoppolo bandwagon last week, I sat back, I observed, and I said, you know what? I'm going to wait till Sunday. We got a game this Sunday night, or now yesterday, I guess you could say, against the Denver Broncos on NBC Sunday Night Football. We got a game live in primetime. Everyone's been waiting all day for Sunday night to see a football game and a football game they got. It was no limit sneaker ugly, but it was a football game. The 49ers and the Denver Broncos, our old friend, our old pal from the NFC West, the man who really owns the San Francisco 49ers, is not Jed York, it's Russell Wilson, who is now 18-4 all-time against the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo making his first start of the 2022 NFL football season. I mean, I was waiting on this. I was waiting on this. I was on the edge of my seat. I couldn't wait to see this game. I wanted to see the quarterback that everyone kept telling me about. I wanted to see this elite upper echelon quarterback that instantly by himself, his presence alone makes the 49ers contenders to not only go back to the Super Bowl, but this time win it. I wanted to see, Maybe did it get better? Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Because I keep hearing all these people talk about this guy the way they talk about him. And sometimes I think to myself, am I fucked up? What am I seeing that what am I not seeing that everyone else is seeing? Am I am I wrong? I thought I knew something about football. Clearly I don't. Because I don't see the greatness in the overall brilliance of Jimmy Garoppolo that everyone else sees. Everywhere I go, everyone tells me how great of a quarterback he is co-workers, people in my building that I talk football with, people on television, people online, social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Everyone talks about how great this guy is and how he's the reason the 49ers win games. Oh, look at Kyle Shanahan's win-loss record with any other quarterback. He couldn't win with Brian Hoyer. He couldn't win with C.J. Beathard. He couldn't win with Nick Mullins. Even Trey Lance is one and two as a starter. So obviously he sucks, he can't play after three starts in the NFL. We've already made that determination. But Jimmy Garoppolo, 
who has now started 48 games for the 49ers, well, he's the best quarterback ever. Look at his win-loss record. And clearly, as we all know, quarterbacks are judged by their wins and loss, win-loss record. Wins and losses can be directly attributed to the quarterback, especially a quarterback who goes multiple playoff games without throwing a touchdown pass. In Garoppolo's case, three of those. And guess what happened? In all three of those playoff games where Garoppolo failed to throw a touchdown pass, guess what happened? The 49ers won anyway. Nine times Garoppolo has not thrown a touchdown pass, and the 49ers won all nine of those games. But people want to tell me that quarterbacks are directly responsible for the team win-loss record. That's how we judge and evaluate a quarterback, by the team win-loss record. And you look at Garoppolo's, it's 31-15, and 15, right? 31-15 and 15 for the 49ers. So I just misspoke. I said he had 48 starts for the 49ers. He has 48 starts total as a quarterback in the NFL. Two for the Patriots, 46 for the 49ers, 31-15, and 15, but only 12-10 and 10 since 2020. 19-5 and five before that. 12 and 10 in the past two seasons. Hmm. Are people starting to catch up to Jimmy Garoppolo? Is the book out on Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably. I think it is. I pretty much know it is. Take away the middle of the field. Crowd the line of scrimmage. Take away the run game. Make him play quarterback. Make him beat you. Make him throw the ball down the field. Make him throw the ball outside the numbers. Guess what? He can't do those things. But you know what? I was willing to let bygones be bygones. I was going to sit down with an open mind and watch this Sunday night football game in Denver versus the Broncos against our old friend Russell Wilson. I was going to see. I wanted to see. Is he the quarterback everyone keeps telling me that he is? Let's take a look at this. So the game begins. And in the first quarter, he's not bad. Second drive in the game, the Niners go down the field, score a touchdown. He throws a touchdown pass to Brandon Ayuk, and that was it. That's where he peaked at in the first quarter. It was all downhill from there because what we see going forward, we saw jittery, happy feet in the pocket. We saw overthrown balls. We saw balls, even, even completions were high completions where you can't get yards after the catch. We saw him miss a wide-ass open Debo Samuel. The first time, he wasn't even looking his direction, didn't even throw it that way. He never even bothers to look to his right. He goes to his left and tries to force a pass to Brandon Ayuk that's knocked down by Patrick Sertain, defensive back of the Denver Broncos. It's 7-0 in the first quarter. Going into the second quarter now, Denver has the ball at about midfield, third down. Russell Wilson gets tackled, third and 16. They call a holding penalty. Against the Broncos, Nick Bosa beat his man around the edge, and then he got tackled. That's an obvious holding penalty that should have been called and was called. A lot of people pissed off with Kyle about how he should have just accepted the penalty and backed him up even further. He instead declined it. Denver brought the field goal unit out there. This is Denver. This is mile high. The ball's going to travel far anyway. It's like a 55-yard field goal. They made it, and that was 7-3. Like I said, a lot of people thought Kyle should have taken the penalty and backed him up even further. I don't know. I'm kind of 50-50 on that. Who's to say? This is Russell Wilson back there. Russell Wilson can create and make big plays. Who's to say they don't convert on third and 20 or whatever? I mean, I'm not going to crush Kyle so much for that. There's plenty of things to hit Kyle on. I'm not too crazy about that because a lot of people, Garoppolo apologists, let's just, let's just call it that, 
Let's be specific about what we're talking about. A lot of people, Garoppolo apologists, say that this was the play that gave the game away because you gave Denver three points where you could have backed him up and given him worse field position. I don't know. I think there was a play in the third quarter that played a pivotal role in the outcome in this game. More on that in a little, in a little bit. Trust me on that. More, a lot more on that coming up in a little bit. But back to uh, Lee Harvey, Jimmy Wilkes Booth, slightly less shitty Matt Castle, Jacoby Brissett with privilege. We got a first and 10 at our own 15-yard line. We got Debo Samuel in the backfield. I like this play design because everyone's been – conditioned to think that Debo is going to be a running back in situations like this. But now we add a new wrinkle to this. We're going to throw the ball to Debo Samuel as he comes out the backfield. We're going to get Debo Samuel, the ultimate weapon in pro football, matched up one-on-one with a linebacker. We're going to run him out the backfield on a wheel route, matched up against a linebacker. This is an easy pitch and catch. This is a layup, a slam dunk. This should be a touchdown. He's wide-ass open, a complete mismatch. A linebacker trying to cover Debo Samuel. As Vince McMahon would say, no chance in hell. This is a house call. This is six points. Just set your feet and put the ball where it needs to be. Throw it to the wide-open man. He's got about two, three, four steps on this linebacker. Debo Samuel should walk into the end zone and score an easy touchdown on this play. Only problem is, Jimmy Garoppolo's fundamentals, mechanics, and in particular, his footwork is fucking abysmal. Go back and watch this play. What is he doing with his feet? Is he doing the cha-cha slide? What is going on with his feet on this particular throw? He's all over the place. He's erratic. A complete breakdown in his fundamentals and mechanics and footwork. Just sloppy. Just fucking sloppy. He completes the pass to Debo Samuel, but it's poorly thrown. And instead of a, a touchdown, it's only a big gain. And that drive ends up stalling out. The Niners get no points on that drive when they could have and should have had an easy touchdown if the ball is more accurate. But the ball is poorly thrown, and you see the results. All praise is due to the 49er defense. They were outstanding all night, keeping this team in the game with this completely pathetic offense, failing to do anything for that matter for the entire game for the most part, besides that second drive of the game. A big sack on the third and 16 to put Denver out of field goal range. I misspoke earlier. I said that third down was third and 16. It was actually third and eight. This was the third and 16 I was thinking about. Uh, but this one, this this was the one that took them out of field goal range. Field goal range. The defense, you can't say enough about, and it's a shame. It's, it, it really is. It's a fucking shame that you got people walking this earth the day after this complete debacle, this offensive failure that took place in Denver last night. You got people out there blaming the defense for losing that football game last night. Are you out of your mind? Are you serious? How in God's name can this possibly be on the defense? The defense really only gave up nine points. A touchdown... They went for a two-point conversion, they missed it, and a field goal. The defense gave up nine points. You're supposed to win that game. You should win that football game. Your defense gives up nine points on the road. You should win that football game. There should be no one pointing the finger or trying to blame the defense for that loss last night. No, this is all on the offense. Kyle Shanahan is a play caller, and Jimmy Garoppolo is a quarterback. The offense failed last night. If you're blaming the defense, shame on you. Go fuck yourself and go piss up a tree. Now we jump to the third quarter, 12.42 on the clock, ball in midfield, and now we got even more bad Garoppolo. You started seeing it in the first half, misreads, 
inaccurate throws, poor decision-making. Now we get to the turnovers. He fumbles the snap, and Dever gets possession. Jimmy Garoppolo is a turnover machine. He's a low, he's a high risk, low reward quarterback. Typically, you want it the other way, other way around. How does a guy who never throws the ball downfield, and all last week he himself said he wanted more freedom in the offense. He said it felt good last week playing against Seattle, coming in off the bench and not being so restricted by the play calling, having the freedom to do whatever he wanted. He said it felt like 2017. He's clamoring for more freedom in the offense. He wants to play like a backyard style of football, similar to what it was when he first got to the 49ers and he was just out there doing things. I mean, he threw seven touchdowns and five interceptions in five games, but still, he wants that freedom. Where was it at? Where was it at Sunday night in Denver? He didn't push it down the field, and when he did, it was a poorly thrown football. But he was still checking it down the flat when you had Debo Samuel wide open down the field. How can you ask for more freedom when you are a turnover machine like this guy is? In 46 career starts as starting quarterback in the San Francisco 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo has 48 total turnovers. 39 interceptions and 9 lost fumbles. And you want more freedom? Jimmy Garoppolo should have as much freedom as the citizens of North Korea have. What do you mean? The audacity of this guy to be asking for more freedom. I saw people last week saying, let Jimmy cook. Let Jimmy cook. If you let Jimmy cook, he's going to burn ramen noodles because he forgot to add water. Get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Let Jimmy cook. But with all that being said, with all of that being said, as horrible as the fumble snap was, I've seen him do that before. That's par for the course. That is what it is. That pales in comparison to what ensued at the 9 minute 55 mark of the third quarter. The 49ers have the ball at their own two yard line. It's second down and 10. Kyle Shanahan, for what reason I don't know, runs a play action bootleg pass for Jimmy Garoppolo at the two-yard, the one-and-a-half-yard line. Jimmy Garoppolo fakes the ball to Jeff Wilson Jr., retreats to the back of the end zone, continues to retreat to the back of the end zone under pressure by the Denver Broncos, completely forgets where he's at, zero field awareness, no clue of where he's at on the football field. He retreats to the back of the end zone, steps out of bounds, And that's not it. That's a safety, by the way, number one, first and foremost. That's a safety. He commits a safety by running out of bounds. He is now Dan Orlovsky. But wait, the fun doesn't stop there. He then throws a pass to Jeff Wilson Jr. The pass is intercepted by Bradley Chubb, who runs about a yard into the end zone. On one play, Jimmy Garoppolo committed a safety and threw what would have been a pick six if he didn't step out of bounds out the back of the end zone. This is unprecedented. I've never seen this before. Are you kidding me? He's taken the ineptitude and the overall level of shit to a high, to an unprecedented level, to a brand new level. This is amazing. On one play. You get a safety and you throw what would have been a pick six. Are you serious right now? He should be drug tested. He should have been drug tested. I hope he was high. It's Denver. It's Colorado. Marijuana is legal there. He plays in California. I lived in California. I can tell you you firsthand 
that marijuana is legal in the state of California. Dispensaries are everywhere. I can also tell you firsthand about that. Jimmy Garoppolo had to be high doing this play. He had to have been popping an edible in the huddle. There's no other explanation. I've never seen this before. He is now finding new ways to suck. I've seen people in the aftermath of this boneheaded, dumbass, dunce-level play saying, trying to, once again, trying to put the cape on for Jimmy Garoppolo. I've seen people say, well, he didn't have a real offseason. He didn't get the playbook until a couple of weeks ago. He thought he was going to be traded. He was rehabbing a shoulder surgery. He didn't get a chance to really play in the offseason, to really practice. So you mean to tell me that because he couldn't practice in the offseason, because he was on a side field throwing to some jackass, because he didn't get a playbook, you mean to tell me because of all that, he forgot the overall dimensions of a professional football field? Jimmy Garoppolo, a field, an NFL regulation field, is 100 yards long and 53 yards wide. They didn't change anything. Nothing changed. They changed the rules every year in the NFL. During the league meetings, I promise you, they did not change the dimensions of the football field. What are people talking about? Hold him accountable. I understand now. Why Garoppolo's fans can't ever hold him accountable. He himself never holds himself accountable. He ran out the back of the end zone. He is now, he's Garoppolo Lofsky. Jimmy Garoppolo Lofsky. He is Dan Orlovsky. Jimmy Garoppolo is now becoming a verb and a noun. When I see someone fucking up, I'm saying, you are Garoppoloing. From now on, when I go to the bathroom to take a shit, I'm going to tell people I'm going to the bathroom to take a Garoppolo. Are you fucking kidding me? A safety and a what would have been a pick six? The safety negated the pick six. He actually bailed himself out. Could you imagine if Trey Lance did that? Oh, my God. There would have been people outside of Levi's Stadium with pitchforks. They would have burned a cross on Trey Lance's front yard if he had done some boneheaded, dumbass, nonsensical, stupid shit like that. All I heard last week was that Jimmy gives this team a better chance to win a Super Bowl. He's a veteran quarterback. He's more established. He knows what to do. Trey Lance is raw, young, green as a pepper tree, inexperienced. He doesn't know what he's doing. I promise you, Trey Lance wouldn't do that. Is Trey Lance green? Yes. Is Trey Lance raw? Yes. Is there a considerable amount of work for Trey Lance to do to become a better NFL quarterback? Absolutely. But I promise you this, he would not run out the back of the fucking end zone and commit a safety. That's, that, wow, Garoppolo Lofsky did that last night. If Trey Lance had done that retarded shit that Garoppolo did last night, pissed off redneck 49er fans would have stormed Levi's, they would have stormed 49-49 Centennial Boulevard in Santa Clara, California, as if it was the U.S. Capitol on January the 6th. There would have been an insurrection at 49er headquarters if Trey Lance had done what Jimmy Garoppolo did last night. You've got to be kidding me. Add that play to the top of the list of the Jimmy Garoppolo career lowlights, fumbled snaps, backwards fumbles, chasing, running around in circles like a dog chasing his tail in the pocket, a, a false start on a quarterback sneak versus the Cowboys because you couldn't wait for your left tackle to get set. This is the top of the list. This is number one. This is a brand new, we have a new leader in the clubhouse. I'm waiting for what's next. 
I'm waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo to commit his own version of the Mark Sanchez butt fumble. I can see it happening. I see it coming. I'm waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo to run full speed into an offensive lineman's ass and fumble the football. Is it going to be Trent Williams? Well, for the next four to six weeks, no. He's out with a high ankle sprain. Is it going to be Colton McKivitz? Is it going to be Daniel Brunskill, Spencer Burford, Aaron Banks? I know who it's going to be. Mike McGlinchey. Number 69, the right tackle who gets his ass kicked every week. It's going to be Mike McGlinchey. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to run full speed into Mike McGlinchey's ass and fumble the football. What a complete disaster he was last night. An absolute failure. A walking fiasco. That was embarrassing. And as I just made reference to, to to add insult to injury, this was the play where Trent Williams got hurt. This was the play where Trent Williams suffered a high ankle sprain on the same play where Jimmy Garoppolo ran to the back, ran out of the end zone, and then threw what would have been a pick six. Amazing. Three fucked up things for the 49ers happened on the same play. Three things went wrong on one play. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. I've been watching football my entire life, really since I was about six years old. So I got about 31 years of watching football. I I swear to God, I'm telling you right now, I've never seen that before. He did something I've never seen before. I wish he would do something I've never seen before in a positive way, but this was a negative. I'm completely flabbergasted by that. How do you do that? What is the thought process? Like I said, he had to be high. I hope he was. However, give credit once again to the 49er defense. It's now 7-5. to five. After a safety, you got to kick the ball back to the opposing team. But the 49er defense continues to hold up for as long as they possibly could. A Robbie Gold field goal in the fourth quarter makes it 10-5. to five, A very unusual score, Scorigami going on in this football game, a boring, low-scoring game. I, I had a feeling, I knew it was going to be a low-scoring game. You got two great defenses going at it. Coming into this game, Denver had only given up 26 points. The 49ers in the first two games had only given up 26 points as well. So you got two outstanding defenses going at it. You had so many cocky 49er fans, just arrogant, talking about this was going to be an easy win. We're going to walk into Denver and come out with an easy, quick-ass W because Garoppolo played so well. Quotation marks around that. Garoppolo was so great against Seattle, 13-21, buck 54, one touchdown, 8-16 of in the second half. I digress. But people thought we were going to walk all over the Denver Broncos. No. I knew this was going to be a tough game. Denver has a tough – now, Denver has an idiot head coach who somehow outcoached Kyle Shanahan last night. That's a different story. But I knew this was going to be a tough game. Their defense is no joke. You got Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb coming off opposite edges. You got DJ Jones, formerly of the 49ers, right there in the middle was a great run-stuffing defensive tackle. On the back end, you got Jeffrey Simmons, Patrick Sertain. You got ballers over there. They got a good football team in Denver. They're just poorly coached. But that defense has been holding up their end of the bargain. The offense has been slow to come around. Russell Wilson slow to acclimate to his new surroundings and new coaching staff and new teammates in Denver. Russell didn't really Russell didn't play in the preseason at all. Russell Wilson sat out the entire preseason. So it's going to take some time to really get that rhythm established and that chemistry established for Russell in Denver. But it started it started to come around in the fourth quarter. Russell Wilson started making plays. 
Russell Wilson did what he always does to the 49ers, make plays in the clutch when it matters most. I hate him, but I respect him at the same time. He's an awesome NFL quarterback. First ballot NFL Pro Football Hall of Famer. He's got a vote from me. I don't, I don't have a vote, but still, Russell Wilson should be wearing a gold jacket in Canton, Ohio when his career is done. He's awesome. Second and nine, Russell Wilson completes a pass to Cortland Sutton for a first down. Now it's third and ten. Russell Wilson facing pressure. Goes to, looks to his right. Comes back to his left. Escapes pressure. Rolling to his left on the run, on the move. Completes a pass to Kendall Hinton. First, first and ten, Denver Broncos. Now Denver moves on down to the 25-yard line. Russell Wilson hits a back shoulder fade to Cortland Sutton to get Denver down to the five-yard line. A few plays later, Melvin Gordon, no relation, runs it in for a touchdown. The Broncos now have the lead 11-10. Your defense was lights out the entire game, really only gave up six, nine points. Your offense, the drizzling shits because your quarterback is the drizzling shits. And Kyle Shanahan as a play caller is now the drizzling shits. And you can't take advantage of yet another outstanding defensive effort. You squandered a tremendous game from your defense because your offense is egregiously garbage. Now the 49ers have the ball. What you going to do, Jimmy? You have an opportunity to redeem yourself, to shut people like me up. You got over two minutes. You got three timeouts. Plus the two-minute warning. All you need is a field goal. You're down 11 to 10. What you going to do, Jimmy? Starts off by throwing a nice out pattern to Juwan Jennings. First down, 49ers. Comes back, hits Ray-Ray McLeod over in the middle. First down, 49ers. We're moving the ball. We got something going. Oh, and then he tries to force it into double coverage, throwing a hospital ball to Debo Samuel, and it gets tipped and intercepted. Throwing into double coverage. Game on the line, crunch time, prime time, Sunday night football, an opportunity. You played like shit the entire game outside of the second drive, but you got this chance now. You have an opportunity to erase all of that. No one's going to talk about that. If you take the team down the field, at least put Robbie Gold in position to win the game with a game-winning field goal, but nope, you're throwing the double coverage and get picked off. So let's recap. We got a fumbled snap. A safety, and what would have been a pick six if you don't commit the safety by running out of the back of the end zone, and a stupid-ass interception by trying to force it into double coverage. There's no way Trey Lance could have done any of that. He's not ready. He's got arm fatigue, which is something that Garoppolo said he actually had after the game. He really said this. I don't know what was worse, his play on the field or his post-game news conference. 49ers got the ball back, but then Jeff Wilson Jr. got stripped of the ball. He fumbled it. Denver recovered. The clock runs out. The Broncos win, and I'm disappointed. And as the clock strikes midnight on the 49ers, as they fell into desperate trouble because of their idiot doofus quarterback, the same idiot doofus quarterback is running off the field with a big-ass smile on his face, big Kool-Aid grin on his face, as if he didn't just go out there and publicly humiliate himself in front of the entire country, as if he didn't just go out there and cost his team a victory. They lost, the 49ers lost 11 to 10. He, by himself, gave the Broncos two points. He lost that game. Defense, great. Receivers got open all night. He couldn't hit them. Inaccurate throws or wasn't even looking in their direction. 
Offensive line had their struggles, but they were good enough. They were okay. A, a better quarterback still could have made plays around that offensive line. They weren't terrible. Defensive line, nasty. Got pressure all night. Drake Jackson got a sack in this game. Bosa was Bosa. Awesome as always. Linebacking core, stout. Aziz Alshire, unfortunately, got hurt in this game. MCL sprain, going to be out for a couple of weeks. Secondary, tremendous. Tawanoa Hafunga, awesome. Making plays all over the field, as usual. Becoming my favorite player on the team. Charverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley, Tashawn Gibson, filling in for the injured Jimmy Ward. All those guys are great. The team played at a high level. That team should have won that game last night. They should be 3-0, really. Should it be Chicago week one? I know it could have, would have, should have, doesn't matter. But still, they had, no, they had no business losing that football game last night. They lost because of the quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo cost that team a victory last night. And then in the post-game news conference, he's talking about arm fatigue. He's talking about not having a rhythm. He keeps talking about we. We were out of sync. We didn't have a rhythm. We couldn't do this. We couldn't do that. No motherfucker is you. It's not we. It should have been me. Take ownership. Take responsibility. If you had a bad game, say so. I would have more respect for him if he owned his failures, but he never does. It's never his fault. And like I said earlier, that's why his fans never hold him accountable for anything because he himself never holds himself accountable. It's never his fault. He said in the postgame he wishes he had, he had more time with the other guys. The personnel on this team really hasn't changed that much offensively. You've been playing with these guys for a couple of years now. You've been with the 49ers since 2017. You've been in this system. Same playbook for six years now. People saying, well, Garoppolo didn't have a playbook. Does he really need one? He know, he, you should know the playbook by now. You've been here since 2017. What are, what are people talking about right now? What are people talking about? You've been with the organization, the team, long enough since 2017. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, those guys have been there for a couple of years now. You're familiar with those guys. What are you talking about? You wish you had more time with the guys. Other, other than Danny Gray, who else is new? And, and Ray Ray McLeod, who else is new to this offense Juwan Jennings was on this team last year. Brandon Ayuk has been there since 2020. Who, who else is new? Jeff Wilson's been on this team for a couple of years now. You know these guys. What are you talking about? Last week in the postgame news conference when he came off the bench and the 49ers won, he said it felt like riding a bike. He's a front-running douchebag, and I can't stand front-running douchebags. Last week, you win the game. It's just like riding a bike. This week, you lose the game. Oh, I wish I had more time with the guys. I wish I had more time to learn the playbook. Get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here. You're a front-running douchebag. It's annoying. I don't like people who don't hold themselves accountable. I can't stand it. If you had a bad game, say so. I've seen Trey Lance do that. He's 22. Jimmy Garoppolo's 30 years old. It can't hold himself accountable. A nine-year pro, been in the system for six years, and it's never his fault. And speaking of the system, Kyle Shanahan, at some point we got to have a conversation. Is he the right guy for this team? I don't think he is. I've asked this question in podcasts in the past. What quarterback has Kyle Shanahan ever successfully developed? 
Garoppolo has not improved at all since 2017. C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, Brian Hoyer, Trey Lance, none of those guys ever developed, and he's gotten all those quarterbacks hurt. And this guy is supposed to be a quarterback guru, an offensive genius, a football savant. The 49er offense has never been that great. Outside of 2019, their ranks, as far as points per game is concerned, always usually somewhere in the teens or the 20s. Right now, it's like 22nd in the league. In the playoffs last year, they scored 23 points versus Dallas, 13 points versus Green Bay, and seven of those came off a block punt on special teams. NFC Championship versus the Rams, 17 points. So your offense in three playoff games last season scored 46 points. But you're supposed to be an offensive genius. What's the problem? Can't say it's the quarterback. You're supposed to develop him. You're supposed to make everyone better. Kyle Shanahan is a great play designer. I'm not sure if he's always a great play caller. Sometimes he has a game where he'll, he can run circles around the opposing team's coach. I saw Kyle Shanahan go into Foxborough, Massachusetts in 2020 and destroy Bill Belichick. He mopped the floor with Belichick in that game. He kicked Belichick's ass. This is arguably the greatest head coach of all time. And Kyle Shanahan thoroughly outcoached him. But last night, I saw Kyle Shanahan get outcoached by a complete idiot in Nathaniel Hackett the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Kyle's been the head coach since 2017. He has a losing record. He has two winning seasons. Now, you have one season where you got to the Super Bowl, and last year you got all the way to the NFC Championship game. But still, you have a losing record. You haven't developed a quarterback, and all your quarterbacks and all your running backs get hurt. And injuries are a theme every year with the 49ers. Trent Williams out right now. Trey Lance, broken ankle. Elijah Mitchell, MCL sprain. Aziz Alshire, MCL sprain. Eric Armstead, plantar fasciitis. The injuries are already starting to pile up. It's only week three. They've only played three games. You got injuries to star players on this team. Your starting quarterback that you invested three first-round draft picks in, all this draft capital invested in Trey Lance, he's already hurt. He's done for the season. I hate to say it, but it's starting to look real 2020-ish. Like you're coming off a successful season and you got the fan base talking about it's a revenge tour. We're going to run it back. We're going to pick up where we left off at. Okay, we tried that shit in 2020 and look what it got us, 6-10. and 10. It doesn't work that way. You can't just pick up where you left off at. That's why it's so, it's so imperative that you finish it when you have the opportunity. This is year four of the 49ers being a legitimate and viable reasonable Super Bowl contender, not only to go to the Super Bowl, but to win the motherfucker. This is year four. If they don't win it this year, Kyle Shanahan should get fired. Plain and simple. This is year four. Super Bowl caliber roster. You don't get the job done this year. Maybe Jed York should go find someone who can and get Garoppolo the fuck out of here. This is the literal definition of insanity. We're doing the same thing over and over again. Thinking it's gonna, hoping it's going to be a different outcome. This same coach, this same quarterback. I know it's only three games into the season. And for some people, they might hear me talk this way and say, it sounds crazy. You're overreacting. But still, we've seen this movie before. With everything that I heard all last week, that Jimmy Garoppolo makes this team so much better, the expectation, the standard that I have is to win a Super Bowl this year. Everyone told me Trey Lance ain't good enough. Everyone told me Garoppolo is. 
with this roster, as talented as it is, Nick Bosa, George Kittle, who miraculously healed from his injuries, couldn't play in games one and two when Trey Lance was playing. I'm surprised that Kittle didn't come off the bench in the second quarter of last week once Garoppolo was on the field. You got all this talent on both sides of the ball. This is a Super Bowl roster. The NFC isn't that good, but right now you're sitting at one and two. And Jimmy Garoppolo sucks. He stunk up the joint on Sunday night. No other way to say it. He was abysmal. Trash. The drizzling shit. He was no limit sneaker ugly last night. Awful. If you don't win the Super Bowl this season, Kyle Shanahan should get fired. And I swear to God, I don't want to see Jimmy Garoppolo back on this roster next season. I'm tired of 49er fans and the 49er organization. I, w- I would say even some of the players being content with being good enough to be good enough. I think some people just enjoy the fact that the team isn't as bad as it was six, seven, eight years ago when they were the dregs of the NFL with Chip Kelly and Jim Tom Sula as the head coach. At least we're not that bad. Now we're a title contender. We're, we're a respected football team. We're talked about. Our games are, are on television. We're on Sunday night. We got a Monday night game this week against the Rams. People care about the 49ers. People talk about us. Shanahan and Lynch are name brand guys. We got a little bit of cachet right now. I think for a lot of people, that's good enough. These are the San Francisco 49ers, the five-time champions of the National Football League. There used to be a standard here. There used to be a standard. It used to mean something. Now, mm, I think, like I said, it's just... People want to be good enough just to be good enough, and they're scared. They're afraid of the unknown because when you talk about firing Shanahan, that's the extreme people go to. They say, well, what do you want to do? You want to go back to Chip Kelly and Jim Tom Sula? No. I want to get someone good enough to get this team over the hump because I'm not sure if Kyle Shanahan's that guy. Then you got people who say, well, you want to get rid of Garoppolo. What do you want to do? You want to go back to Blaine Gabbard or Brian Hoyer? No, I want someone better. There are people out there who are better. Just because you want to get rid of Garoppolo or Shanahan doesn't mean you got to regress and go go back to being shit. No, you can be better. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm ever saying. But, god damn, man, that, that game sucked last night. Fuck that game. With all that being said, this concludes this episode of the Dion Gordon Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Eternally grateful, always humble, very much appreciative. And remember to tread lightly like a woodpecker with a headache. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, picture me rolling. I'm out.